Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, God has high plans for us, and one of the things that we have to do in the Scripture, as Timothy admonished us, is to study to show ourselves. And so that's what we're going to do. And I believe in the um, next few lessons we're going to give a systematic uh, overview of the book of Thessalonians. We're going to go through the first three chapters tonight, and then in times to come, we will amplify our efforts. Amen? I have so much information to get to you um, that I just literally can't wait to um, share with you. Amen. So I'm going to get a confirmation that I can be heard clearly. And then we're going to get started. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's pray. I'm just going to go forth and do what we got to do. We got a lot of work to cover. As you know, on our systematic studies, I will give the outline to the group eventually, but you can get these outlines because I think it's important that you get them. Today we're going to begin a new study of of teaching, and I think it's going to bless your soul. And that is, um, we're going to talk about the different styles of studies. Okay, good. Praise God. And I think it's going to bless you. You know, there's a synthetic approach, which is an overview. There's a um, topical approach, which is by topic. And there's a systematic one, which is locating a system, a step-by-step. And so we're going to go through that in the meantime. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Okay. So let's pray. We're in the book of Thessalonians. Praise the Lord. All right, good. I was a little concerned, but God is good. Father, we thank you for your, first of all, for this day. This is the day that you have made me rejoice and glad to thank you for the opportunity, honor, and privilege to come before your presence with thanksgiving. It's the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit, who is the educator and the guide, to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, and everything that shall be accomplished and everything that shall be revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 
and amen. Praise the Lord. You know, the enemy is is always trying you. And um, every once in a while, you need to be reminded that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness, principalities, and powers in high places. Thank God that we have been equipped with the armor of God, the armor of light, the nature of God. So I want to talk about level up. I want to talk about level up and and um, we'll go from them. Praise God. Now, um, the book of Thessalonians was written um, to a group of believers in the One second, y'all. One second. Let me take a deep breath. Hold on. Um, I'm I'm still on my. I wrote you. They text me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, I got a a number of texts. I'm not going to say it on. We take authority over distractions in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for this moment and this time being able to share your word and and concentrate on your word. So the book of Thessalonians is a, is a powerful book. It's a book to explain the life of a believer, but it also locates us and affirms us and gives us uh, a, a, a hope for the future. It, it gives a depiction and some of the most comforting words on upholding eternal life in chapter 4. But in the first three chapters, there's some points that I want to pick out as we go through each verse of the scripture and kind of learn about leveling up. In other words, there's an expectation that God has for us, and that is to live a quality of life. Of course, you know, he said that I came that you might have life and have that abundantly. And so that abundant living is not just talking about wealth, but it's talking about a holistic outlook on life, a life of wholeness, a life where your spirit, your soul, and your body are aligned to the will of God to see God's goodness in the land of the living. And so it is with that overlook that Paul goes to Rome, a place where trade is, and and starts a church of believers and his addresses to them is that he longs to be with them. He he can't he can't necessarily be with them at this point, but he longs to be with them. And there's some some great some great um, statements that are made in this particular book that will really really inspire us to walk out what God has empowered us to do. Or will empower us to 
level up, and that's what we want to do. That we want to give the reality of a leveled up life tonight. And so we talked about Lord. I've, I've entitled this Lord, lift us up where we belong. Colossians admonishes us to to ascend to where Christ is. If you if you if you are, it says if you be if you are risen with Christ, set your mind on things above. In chapter three, for things above and not on earth, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we appear with him in glory. So our life become, encompasses our our elevated perspective, being Christ. And Christ is not Jesus' last name, but it's in, it, it, it indicates um, the authority of the spirit and life that we are attached to because he is Lord. When Jesus is Lord, he is ruler, controller, and sustainer. He is provider. And so we need to look into this life, um, and not just for for the sake of salvation, but the satisfaction that comes in having security in living the life of faith. Okay, and so here the concept of faith is 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 presented in a way um, uh, the scripture says it's a labor of love. Let's let's begin. Paul and Silas and Timothy unto the church of Thessalonians. So of course you understand that Paul and Silas were ministry partners. Ministry, uh, his mentee was Timothy, and Timothy was sent to Thessalonica, uh, two churches that Timothy influenced, Ephesians and Thessalonica, okay, or the church where Thessalonians. Uh, Thessalonians was right in the seat of Rome. Of course, this is where the place where trade is, and um, trade you know where trade is, and um, trade is going on. Well, praise God. So, anyway, we um, understand that is the seat of power. Amen. Getting some messages tonight, but God is faithful. Amen. Glory to God. In the seat of power. Amen. So anyway, let's 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 begin this chapter one. Paul Silas, Silas Timothy unto the church of Thessalonica, which is in God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and a grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's here's something interesting that was brought out in research, and that was when this statement particularly was made. Of course, you know Paul. Paul's one one of the main objectives of 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 Paul's ministry was to unite the church of uh, or to unite the church, or to show the vividness that church was not confined to the Jewish culture. So even in this inspect. Uh, even in this, this um, usually they would say peace or just shalom. Here he says grace and peace. 
Um, so that word grace and peace from our Lord, of our Father, the Lord, and the Lord Jesus Christ here is is a coded uh, coded uh, phrase that indicates unity between the Jew and the Gentile. That that the and the the Greek translation of this particular letter um, is the is one of the rare times in Scripture where both greetings of of the 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 normal custom uh, greeting for Hebrews was the same uh, custom or greeting for the Gentiles. So the Gentiles would say grace and the Jews would say peace. But here he is addressing both audiences because, because this is one of the areas or one of the churches of influence because it was a, on a trade route or a place where they could trade by the water, Thessalonica was a place where all types of cultures would come and develop and do business. So this is one of the key areas for ministry at this particular time. This is one of the older books of um, of the uh, letters to the church, but it's it's one of the ones, the latter ones that Paul wrote toward the end of his ministry. And he says, we give thanks to God always for you, always making mention of you. Here's our first point, remembering without ceasing um, without ceasing your work of faith. Now, he describes it, and labor of love, and labor of love, and patience, patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for the gospel came not not unto you in word only, but also in power and the, and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know, what manner of men we were among you for your sake and became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Ghost, so that ye a samples, yes, <laughs> so that Ye in samples all that believe in Macedonia and Archia, sorry. For the Lord you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Archia, but also in every place. Now here is something that's very powerful. But also in every place your faith to God where it's spread abroad. Now here's the key. This is something about where we get the concept of leveled up. So that we not need not to speak anything. Now, this is the only time you hear a preacher saying to a church, we don't even need to talk to you about this. They had experienced such manifestations of the Holy Spirit that their faith, that in every place, your faith to Godward is spread abroad. Do y'all hear what that, that's saying? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna deal with that one verse today. Lord, lift us up where we belong. That's the key. In in verse in verse eight, and verse nine says, "For they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for the Son from heaven." whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. 
Now listen, this is a loaded concept, and this this is where we get Lord lift us up where we belong. This is lesson one of First Thessalonians, our study of Thessalonians. Systematically, we find out first of all why we come to this study. We come to this study because there are some things that God presents to the church. One of the things that I think you need to always do if you claim to be a believer is understand the covenant which you serve under. There's the there's the old covenant. There's the new covenant. We have a we have a covenant established upon better promises obtained by faith, and so therefore we look locate the life of faith and learn the ways of faith so that we can live by faith and not by sight. Faith is the lifestyle of them that believe. The just shall live by faith. So our life is by faith. And here is the is one of the few books that that defines the work and the the labor and the patience that we have, which is all of what we do. When we live our lives, we work, we labor, we we have to develop patience, and we hope. We hope. We hope in God. We hope in the Lord Jesus Christ so that in the sight of God and his, and his Father, there's another distinction of the um, Godhead makeup, that we become elections of God. Okay? So here... In this chapter, they're loaded. It's loaded with revelation. Now, let's. I'm going to go read some more into it. Let's and see how in the five chapters, and we're going only through three tonight. In the five chapters of Thessalonians, you cannot go to the second without going to the first. Whenever you study the Word of God, you need to study words, from words to phrases, from phrases to sentences from sentences uh, to paragraphs, from paragraphs to chapters, from chapters to books. Do you get what I'm saying? You got to go layer upon layer. So here we're going word by word, chapter by chapter. I gave you a breakdown of the word in the first greeting and found in verse 1. That grace be unto you and peace from God our Father. Here there's only two other places in which the greeting is done. Usually be grace unto you, peace from God our Father. Those two would not be found in the same verse like it is in this verse. You could do research on that and, and come up with that. You'll see that in any commentary that you study that it was Paul's reminder of of them that he is on that mission to bring both to get the gospel, the mystery of the gospel, Christ being in you, who is the hope of glory, on the scene of a universal church, that the church is universal. The church is comprised of believer, uh, believers that have sanctified God in their hearts, that have separated themselves from the world, that have sealed themselves with their salvation, and they're secure because they have, a, they have sight on the end. They have sight beyond the norm. You know, and so um, one of the things that I tell people is you have to expand your perception. Your salvation cannot just be limited to uh, what you learn in religion. You got to know God for yourself. You got to study God's word until it leaps off the letters of the pages of Scripture and becomes a part of your life. This is a leveled up living. The life of faith is a leveled up living. Faith has to have in itself experiences, not just expressions of conviction, but experiences in the supernatural for you to have esteem and encouragement of heart. 
So there's five things I tell you every believer needs to have, and I get that from the mind of Christ. You've got to have a, a, a light esteem a, a of heart. You have to have enlightenment of mind. You have to have uh, uh, eternal perspectives within your soul. There's just some things that you just got to have in order to be believers. And so this is what he's talking about. At this point, when he's writing this letter, he says in verse 9, and although he amplifies, and, and for the sake, really, it's written for those who would come after. But these, this church is one of the few churches that got it right. When Paul wrote them, he said, at this point, because of such a display of the Holy Spirit, I don't even need to say anything to you. And how many churches have you seen from Corinth to Rome to Ephesus to Laodicea or, and to Philippi? None of, and, and nowhere do you see this phrase that I don't need to speak to none of y'all because of what you've experienced. And so one of the things that we want to challenge you in this letter and in, and in this study is to see and to ask yourself, am I experiencing the life that God has provided for me? From, and, and now how, how is that, how does this take place? And we're going to talk about the three levels of reality. But let's read in chapter 2 because I definitely got to get through these first three chapters for the direction that I'm going. For ye yourselves, brethren, know our entrance into um, unto you that it was not in vain, but even after that we had suffered before and were were shamefully entreated, as ye know, at Philippi, we were bold in God to speak unto you the gospel of God with, with much contention. There was opposition. For our exhortation was not of deceit nor uncleanliness, nor in guile, but as ye were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time use we flattering words, as ye, um, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetedness. God is our witness. Now listen. Even in this, even in this particular lesson, the Lord has kind of stretched me on how to present this and and present it systematically. But I definitely want to give you the insight behind the content. One of the things that that this lesson has not been is, uh, you know, cookie cutter. Uh, one of the things it has not been is cookie cutter, chopped up. This is a this is a line upon line precept expository uh, uh, lesson, okay? And so normally, you know, when I give a lesson, I like to have my ABCs, one, two, threes. But here, I'm appealing to a manner of living that should be ascribed to, and that is the life of faith through the labor of love. Now, if you don't love God, you won't work like this labor, and you won't produce the faith which God has intended for you to to reveal to where God, that nobody needs to speak to you. See, here he's dealing with maturity. These people reached a, a place of maturity, and their place of maturity was not, only, was not only worked out through their perseverance to persecution, but it's also based on the way they received the gospel. They received the gospel in the time where it was tested the most. 
And that's what that's what God is letting us know. You're not going to get revelation at, um, by happenstance. You're not going to attain the knowledge of God and the life of God without a fight to keep it. And that's why the scripture tells you to fight a good fight of faith and lay hold to eternal life. The gospel which they received, it came with persecution. And he said when God allowed it to us, he trusted us because we didn't use any any manipulative schemes to get you to get the point. We used regular speech because we understood that ultimately what we were saying was not based on our thinking, but was based on us laying our hearts out before God because God trusted us to give this gospel to you while we're going through life just like you are. And Lord knows it is important what church you go to. It is important what you learn of the scripture. It is important that you know the word of God for yourself and are able to live out what you know. And if the things that you are hearing is not applying to your life and you cannot see a witness of the, and the de- demonstration of the Spirit confirming the people that conveying to you the gospel, then you need to rethink the gospel that you're gathering yourselves to grow by. How much can, can, how much can people say at the church that you attend that you go to that we don't even have to remind you of the gospel because your life is exemplifying the standards to which we can claim faith that has been shed abroad. Or or in other words, the life that we live is so good that that we are known not only as people of faith, but as people that are effectual. And everything but faith is being communicated today. We are in a narcissistic society where people love to indulge into self-gratification, self-idolatry, sinful, sinful living. We have to set apart and sacrifice and set a standard that cannot be denied. We have to level up. And so how do we learn this? One, there's a reflection, and there's a remembrance in prayer from apostolic authority. What do I mean? We have a community of leaders that we follow that have located and locked themselves into living a life of prayer. Faith cannot come forth without power. Power is produced in prayer chambers. It is our prayer lives that empowers us to withstand the fiery darts of the enemy. It is our prayer lives that advances us through adversity. It is our prayer lives that positions us for opportunities to be sent on God's behalf. It is our prayer life that petitions God to, to, to bring and highlight and shed light in a world of darkness and sin. It is our prayer lives that lifts us up to where we belong. But there's no need in following people who we don't know their prayer life. Really, you know, we 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 don't have a generation of leadership currently in influence that are regarded and separated by God through demonstration of the Spirit and prayer. 
And that's the notable qualities of, of, of the life of faith in which we are to follow. The only reason why we even consider following someone else is because they have inherited things through faith and patience. And so this regard, uh, this regard uh, of remembrance and reflection must be the model to which we govern and pattern ourselves. How many times are you taking into consideration those people that you are submitting yourself under, their prayer agenda and their prayer campaign? campaign? One of the reasons why I distanced myself from one of the leaders that I was associated with, although he's one of the greatest intellectual minds that I know, one of the most progressive thinking bishops out there, his agenda prophetically was not aligned in the direction I believe we're going in as a nation. And I think because of some other connections that are outside of God's will, they're short-sighted. And because they're so short-sighted, they've empowered political agendas and progress to where the prophetic voice is numbed because their, their authority is, is to support a system that is wicked by nature. Versus bringing transformation and and in and and bringing transition and changes based on our triumphs and living our qualities of life that shape and mold our policies and shape and mold and and let me tell you something, Christians, you need to elevate your level of living, your level of thinking in the presence of the Lord. By the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, your perception should be much bigger than a political party that exists. It should be much bigger than a persuasion that is set up to, to uh, systemically um, separate you from your sanctification and your, and your posture that you must have to be a saint in the, living, in the church of the living God. And until we see ourselves in the manner in which Christ sees us, in the manner in which Christ has positioned us through prayer and through demonstration of things, our labor is in vain. And so, so here is another attribute of, of the demonstration of the gospel being effectual in our lives. The level of, of the, 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 the three indications in verse 3 of 1 Thessalonians, where it says remembrance without ceasing, the work of faith, the labor of love, the patience and hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the three lenses in which we can classify all the same process, our life of faith. Faith has to become effectual in our lives in order for us to see these these things take place. And it's a, it's a, regard, it's a regard of, number one, a remembrance of the reflections of prayers of the apostles. And if you don't have an apostolic governing and a, uh, apostolic influences, which are people who have been separated by God based on their prayer life, then you're not going to be able to pick up what's needed for the times that be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Secondly, it was a reception of the word of God. The, the strongest voice of God is the written word of God because you need no man to interpret it to you. The word of God only becomes life by way of the spirit that breathes upon those letters and wakes up the, 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 the power within it. 
Glory to God. And so let's keep reading. Uh, verse 5, for neither at any time did we use any flattering words, as ye know, nor cloaks of covetousness, God is our witness, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cher- um, cherishes her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted into, unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear to us. This is a passion. That's, listen, the receptivity of the word is going to take place when you have a relationship with those who who receive the revelation. So we, the Bible says, know those that labor among you. Part of the reason why this, there's a stifling in the church is because there's no regard for one another and regard for what God has given us to exist among one another. Glory to God. I got to hurry up. Ye are witnesses. Hallelujah. Uh, well, actually, let's, let's back up. So being verse 8, well, I already read that. Verse 9, for ye remember, this is number one, remember it. Remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable of any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. Now, here's... here's <laughs> He's, break, he's breaking it down, and he's going to amplify this as to what the gospel of God is. Ye are witnesses, and God also, how holy and justly and unblamably we behave ourselves among you that believe. In other words, our gospel is translated through our behavior. And here, here's what's happening in the body of Christ. We are not seeing the behavior that is necessary to validate our belief. Because the apostles that or those that we are attaching ourselves to are not exemplifying the life of faith, which qualifies them to lead us. Hallelujah. And so ye are witnesses in God also, how holy, justly, and unblamely we behave. It's our behavior that marks our faith. It's our behavior that validates our belief. It's our behavior. Our attitudes, our behavior, and our convictions are what marks us as children of God. Our behavior, don't you dare follow people because they sound good or because they look good. Check out their behavior. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children that ye walk worthy of God, that ye walk worthy of God, that ye walk worthy of God. Do you hear me? There's a worth in our walk. This is the life of faith, that you walk worthy of God. Hallelujah. And have called you unto the kingdom, unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause we thank God without ceasing, because when ye received the word, that's point number two. See, the reason why they received it because they could see the word of God effectuating the lives of those who they followed because they had a platform of prayer that produced the power that was necessary for people to follow them. That's the pattern. That's the pattern. But a person that's driven to prayer will rise to power. 
This is what lifts us up to where we belong. If you want to see change happen in your family, locate yourself and lock yourself up in prayer. Hallelujah. And this is why the devil fights you from communicating with God and developing intimacy and the knowledge and the word of God. He don't want you to pray. The devil don't want you to pray. He wants your life so distracted that you can't pray. He wants everything to pull your attention but your prayer life. And because that pattern has not been solidified in the church, you got a group of people that are trying to live a life of faith without prayer and it's not working. For this cause, we also thank God without ceasing because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is, is the truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So this is working faith. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which are in Judea, in Christ Jesus, the church of God in Christ. There we go. For anyway, hallelujah. For ye also have suffered like now. If, now let me say this. Those of you who preach and those of you who are coaching, if you don't know this verse, then you don't know the doctrine of your church anyway. But I'm just giving you that. That's one of the one of the main core doctrines. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. Now here, how you know he's not talking to the Jews? Who is he talking to? The progressive church, the church that has been separated from Judaism and the church that have separated themselves from the Gentiles. Okay, because the church cannot be the church unless both parties exist. Listen, the Jews who both killed the Lord Jesus. <laughs> now, this is, could you imagine saying that to a Jew? And their own prophets have persecuted us, and they please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might that they might be saved to fill up their um their sins away. For the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. But brethren, but we brethren, being taken from you for a short time in the in present, not in heart, endeavor to be more abundantly to see your face with great with a great desire. Wherefore we would have come unto you, even our Paul, once again. But Satan hindered us. Let me tell y'all something. In life, you're going to learn, especially when you receive the word and you remember and reflect on the prayers of the apostles, that we have an enemy. And we got to remember that the enemy tries to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. He said, listen, there's, a, there's an enemy that's hindering us from getting to you. The apostle said, listen, now I don't need to speak to y'all because y'all been living y'all life. To where faith has gone throughout the world But not only has that taken place You understand We're struggling to get to you But we want to see you Not only do we want to see you But I want you to know something Satan is attacking us For what is our hope Or joy or crown of rejoicing Are not even ye In the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ At his coming for ye all ye are our glory and our joy. Now listen, then he goes to chapter three, goes to this and he says, Wherefore when we can no longer forbear, hold this up, 
we thought it good to be left at Athens alone. I love Athens. I I have a preach about Athens one day, and I love learning the cities. You need to learn the cities of the, the original churches. It's very important. You can't you can't lead the Lord's church if you don't know about the Lord's church. Some people didn't even know that Thessalonians was at the core of the trading zone of, of Rome. In other words, it was a place of power, money. The reason why things were done so well, because Paul could send the word out. He could send Timothy there after Timothy dealt with Ephesians, and they and they and they they developed so much in faith that every time people came in the city, <laughs> people would begin to develop faith in their life. You get what I'm saying? And so he says in verse 2 of chapter 3, he says, He sent Timothy, our brother, to the, and minister of God and a fellow laborer to the gospel, in the gospel of Christ to establish you. You understand? Why did he send Timothy? To establish them. Glory to God. I got to get the to and then in the next lesson we'll amplify them and go on into the second vision. But I want to go into this because before we get into um, life of holiness and sanctification, which will show us what the level up is, um, and I'll go into that. Years ago I did a teaching on higher learning concerning holiness, and I definitely want you to get that. As a matter of fact, you can't understand the harvest until you're holy. And so, you know, we're doing the study now on higher learning concerning the um, harvest. We did two other divisions in that teaching, higher learning concerning the Holy Spirit and higher learning concerning holiness. And then we talked about the harvest. Okay, and of course, you know, we, we've taken three different aspects of the same message and given the same word. And that that is that our ministry, hallelujah, I, I won't go into that, but we need to make sure you listen to those lessons, Okay. It's very important that you listen to it. And this lesson of Level Up is about spiritual maturity. It's a call to spiritual maturity, and that's going to come from remembrance and how we receive the word of God. That's, it's not going to change. We're going to have to remember and reflect based on the authority that we've learned from the gospel that was given us. We're going to have to receive that word, which means we live it out with our lives so that we can have, thirdly, resilience against opposition. We understand the opposition was not only from those who were received the word, what they were experiencing in their life, the persecution of creating that standard that's superior to the world, but it was also a, a buffer or, or being buffeted, uh, that the leadership was being buffeted against to give them the word. And here, uh, here's another revelation, because God wanted to see the church outside of Judaism or even just to give it to people who were just sin-filled. To the Gentiles, that was not the picture which exemplified the Lord's standard at his church. And that's why he sent Timothy to establish Christ in the gospel, that no man should be moved by the, these afflictions. For ye yourselves know that we were appointed thereunto. For verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, people talking about us, even as it came to pass. And ye know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent you to know your faith, least by some means the temper have tempered you and our labor be in vain. But now when Timothy came from you unto us and brought us the good tidings of your faith and love, that ye have good remembrance of us always. Y'all see my point number one? 
You got to remember what the prayers of the apostle designed greatly to see you as we also see uh, also to see you. Therefore, brother, when we were comforted over you in all of your afflictions and desire um, distressed by, by your faith, for now we live. If ye stand fast, fast in the Lord. Now here is the per- perseverance through the persecution. For what thanks can we render to God again for you for all joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before God? Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your faith and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. So let's say, so I want you to understand, persecution was not the master teacher of faith. God used it and allowed God, God to use it and allow it to have potential to grow you up, but that was not what's going to mature or perfect you in faith. You still needed to be connected to an apostolic authority. And I'm going to bring this home in the next lesson, but I want to make sure I cover my goals in here, okay? So it says, listen, we want to perfect some things because there's some things lacking in your faith. Now, God himself and even uh, 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 himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you increase and abound in love toward one another. Now, that's part of the root. Of it. The labor of love is what lifts us up to where we belong and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God. You get what I'm saying? So holiness then before God and even our Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. This is where we are leveled up at. We are leveled up in holiness. And the reason why the enemy tries to prevent people from praying and prevent people from receiving the word of God and prevent the resilience to endure in spite of things thrown at them because the word of God that they have creates a new standard is for the sake of of your hearts being unblameable, established in holiness before God. Holiness is the level up. And that's why People don't want you to be holy. Do you hear what I'm saying? Lord, lift us up where we belong. We're called to holiness for such a time as this. So in the next lesson, we want to locate holiness the real way. Do you hear what I'm saying? We remember the reflections of prayers of the apostles. We have a reception of the word of God. We receive the word of God. But we have resilience against opposition so that we can be raised to the banner of holiness. You get what I'm saying? I'm out of time. I'm definitely not out of content. Lord knows I'm not. We're just beginning. So you're going to have to join me on the next time we finish this up. You know, holiness is, is right. Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. There's a certain level of, of living before the Lord and where the Lord can really locate you, and that's when you enter into a realm of holiness. Hallelujah. So we need to talk about this, and this is what the church is missing. And we're going to we're going to rediscover holiness according to the scripture, and we're going to get what we need so we can level up to where God wants us to be. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time to be able to share your word, and um, we appreciate um, having this time to be able to shed light on some things that we should know. 
Father, I pray that one day we'll have that testimony where no man needs to speak because of how much we live. And we live in such a quality that it presents your gospel unblameable before others. Father, I thank you, Lord, that I just believe to see your goodness in the land of the living. And I wait on you expectantly, knowing that while we're trying to figure it out, you've already worked it out. And for that alone, we praise you. And we thank you for the things that shall be accomplished and the things that shall be revealed. God is setting us up, believers. Oh, such a time. Oh, what a glorious time ahead. Praise God. Amen. <sighs> 